KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, October 7th. Billions of dollars in relief checks are going out to eligible Californians starting today. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. A federal appeals court ruled Wednesday that the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program, or DACA, is unlawful. Jess Hansen is a staff attorney with the National Immigration Law Center. She says people who are already in the DACA program can still renew their status. While the Fifth Circuit largely upheld the lower court ruling that that did find DACA unlawful, um, the Fifth Circuit will also allow renewals to continue um, temporarily and has sent the case back down to the district court. This decision could impact the legal status of nearly 600,000 DACA recipients in the United States and more than 10,000 living in San Diego County. The average price of regular gas in San Diego County finally dropped after a run of price increases over the past 33 days. The average price rose more than $1.20 since last month. But yesterday, the average price of regular gas dropped slightly to a whopping $6.42 a gallon. It's about $2 more than this time last year. Residents in Santa Isabel are busy trying to keep more than 100 designer pet pigs healthy and fed after finding the pigs abandoned on the side of a busy road last week. Several of them were killed by passing drivers and others have been taken in by local residents. The animals were found on tribal land belonging to the Mesa Grande Band of Mission Indians. The Mesa Grande Band and local organizations are working to get the rest of the pigs sheltered and fed. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Beginning today, $9.5 billion in so-called middle-class tax refund payments will start going out to millions of eligible Californians. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer says some people could get refunds of up to $1,050. The middle-class tax refund is a one-time payment to provide relief to Californians, but you have to have filed for your 2020 tax return by last October. The payments will range from $400 to $1,050 for couples filing jointly and $200 to $700 for all other individuals. But will these checks significantly add to inflation? San Diego State University professor of economics Hisham Fowad doesn't think so. And I think as long as you're continuing to see these increase in interest rates by the Federal Reserve, then I'm not that concerned that this one-time thing is going to have a huge impact on inflation. An estimated 8 million direct deposits will start arriving in bank accounts from October 7th through November 14th, and an estimated 10 million debit cards will be delivered from October 25th through January 15th. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. (music) 
A candidate for the 76th Assembly District in San Diego has sued over two six-year-old boys who she claims were bullying her son at school. KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser looks into the unusual case. When Christy Bruce Lane felt her six-year-old son was being bullied at school, she took two aggressive and unusual steps. First, she filed a lawsuit seeking more than $48 million in damages. She sued the school, the head of the school, and the mothers of the six-year-old boys she thought were bullying her son. Then she did something even more unusual, according to legal experts. She put the boys' full names in the lawsuit. That means the legal action will likely be in the public record for the rest of their lives. It certainly is unusual to have uh, schoolyard bullying result in a lawsuit. Dan Eaton is a legal analyst. Disciplinary problems are usually handled at the school level, and that's why this is so uh, extraordinary. Bruce Lane's son attended the private and pricey San Diego French American School in La Jolla beginning when he was two years old. In the complaint filed last April, Bruce Lane claims that when her son entered first grade, he was punched, pushed, and called stupid by two classmates. She says she filed complaints with the school and nothing happened. Then the school said her son was not welcome back the next year because she and her husband, quote, prevented a positive or constructive relationship and, quote, seriously interfered with the school's accomplishment of its educational purpose, according to court documents. Bruce Lane filed the lawsuit a month later. In court documents responding to the lawsuit, the school argued it, quote, repeatedly addressed complaints about the alleged bullying over a period of 10 months. The school's efforts included the formation of a behavioral response team, separating the involved children, exchanging numerous emails with the parents, meeting with the parents in person, and multiple offers to set up Zoom meetings, the documents state. The school's response goes on to say that Bruce Lane and her husband refused to cooperate with the school and became abusive and threatening to teachers and staff and demanded the school, quote, completely ignore their own son's misbehavior. That is uh, an extremely strange choice. Attorney and former city council candidate Will Moore says regardless of whether the lawsuit is successful, it's probably bad politics. That is an interesting uh, political choice. Bruce Lane is a Republican running on an anti-tax, anti-government platform against Democrat Brian Mainshine. Neither Bruce Lane nor her attorneys responded to multiple requests from KPBS for comment prior to the story being first aired and published. Douglas Jaffe, an attorney for one of the mothers being sued, says Bruce Lane and her husband never attempted to contact his client before filing the lawsuit. There was never any approach by Miss Bruce Lane to come to Miss Saab parent to parent indicating any problem. More shocking, Jaffe says, is the decision to include the boys' full names. It puts unsupported in our opinion, allegations out there against a minor with that minor's name that shouldn't be there. The school has filed for a summary judgment to dismiss the lawsuit, and a hearing on that is set for April 2023. If the suit goes forward, a trial is scheduled for June 2023. Claire Tregesser, KPBS News.
Another San Diego County jail inmate has died. The Sheriff's Department says 52-year-old Raymond Vogelman died Wednesday after being assaulted by other inmates at the George Bailey Detention Center. Social justice advocates say this is the 19th in-custody death this year. Yusuf Miller of the North County Equity and Justice Coalition is questioning conditions inside the jail. Where was the intercom and were they working? Where were the video cameras and were they working? All of these things were outlined in the audit that the Sheriff's Department underwent. The Sheriff's Department says Vogelman has been in custody since March and was transferred to the Bailey Detention Center last month. The Sheriff's Homicide Unit is investigating and the Citizens Law Enforcement Review Board has also been notified. For the fifth time this year, a client at Veterans Village of San Diego's main campus has died. Veterans Village has come under heavy scrutiny this year, following numerous reports of unsafe living conditions at its facilities near Mission Hills. An iNews source investigation in June revealed widespread drug use, multiple overdoses, a litany of health hazards, and a severe staffing shortage were plaguing the institution and posing risks to clients. iNewsource investigative reporter Jill Castellano has more. 40-year-old Marcus Mondragon died on October 1st, marking the fifth death of a Veterans Village campus resident this year. The cause of his death is still unknown. Incidents like this are supposed to be reported to state officials, but the state says they were never notified and will now be opening an investigation. Throughout the year, Veterans Village has faced accusations of unsafe living conditions and widespread drug use at its campus on Pacific Highway. The county is no longer admitting clients there due to safety concerns. For KPBS, I'm iNewsource investigative reporter Jill Castellano. iNewsource is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. Coming up, TwitchCon is happening in San Diego this weekend. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. San Diego County has a new top crop, but production of another longtime staple of local agriculture has plummeted. KPBS reporter John Carroll explains. For the first time in 12 years, the county's annual crop report shows a new leader. No longer is it ornamental trees and shrubs. In 2021, production of bedding plants, perennials, cacti, and succulents moved into first place. Grower Fred Ceballos of First Step Greenhouses in Temecula says they're having trouble keeping up with demand. You know, the last two years during the pandemic, the interest in gardening has just increased so much that people have been buying more and more bedding plants, succulents, uh, landscape plants. 
On the other side of the coin, annual avocado production fell under $100 million for the first time since 1996. An avocado farmer told me that was because of a few blisteringly hot days during 2020, which impacted the crop for 2021. John Carroll, KPBS News. TwitchCon is happening in San Diego this weekend at the Downtown Convention Center. It's the convention for the live streaming video platform, Twitch. Approximately 30,000 people are expected to attend each day of the three-day conference. And one of the headliners recently announced for the TwitchCon party is Grammy-winning rapper Megan Thee Stallion. KPBS reporter Alexander Wynn joined KPBS's Maureen Cavanaugh with more on TwitchCon. So, Alex, give us the basic rundown of this convention. It's back IRL, of course, meaning in real life this year after a hiatus. This is what TwitchCon is in a nutshell. It's a convention where live streamers or streamers, as they're known, meet their communities. But it's also a business conference and a pop cultural convention. Uh, Twitch gets to showcase its new features. Tech companies uh, show their new tools that make live streaming easier or better. And influencers and companies have a chance to meet uh, and make sponsored deals. Aside from the usual panels on streamings, there's, there are also music performances, as you just mentioned, uh, esports tournaments, and art booths. Now, the Twitch platform was a lifeline for a lot of people during the pandemic, and it really took off during those years. Tell us about that. Well, uh, you know, I just talked to a uh, computer science professor, and they put, during the pandemic, they actually live streamed some of their lectures and some of their personal get-to-know-their-professors on Twitch. And it's become a lifeline of sorts for students and He says this generation grew up with live streaming, so they're more comfortable with interacting with their peers that way versus, you know, the more business-oriented Zoom. Plus, on that platform, there's a lot of things that you can do. You can have these emotes or emojis that's animated and that's, you know, part of the live streaming. So it's a bit more fun and interactive that way. What are some of the things people can expect to see during TwitchCon? What are some of the panels? People can expect to see panels on monetizing their streams, growing you know their audience. And for st- some streamers, this is a business. They can make as much as $5,000 a month from streaming on the platform. Now, Twitch started out as a live streaming platform for gamers, and it's morphed into a live streaming platform for everything and anything. There are music channels, cosplay channels, arts channels, and, you know, even channels where people live streaming their cooking or eating. But this weekend, you can also expect to see top uh, tabletop tournament games as well as Artist Alley and a concert. And what would you say is the biggest attraction at TwitchCon? Well, the biggest base for Twitch are gamers. It's still gamers. So the biggest attraction definitely is, e- is the eSport tournament called Twitch Rival. It's a three-day competition where teams compete to win some big bucks. Um, besides the usual esport games such as Minecraft and Legends, there are also Balloon World Cup regional championships where teams compete to win a spot in the World Championship in Barcelona. And of course, as you mentioned, Megan Thee Stallion is going to be there. She's going to have a huge concert. How does TwitchCon compare to another pop culture convention we have here in San Diego every year, Comic-Con? 
Well, TwitchCon is different in that it's both pop culture convention and a business convention. There are some real deals and connections being made. You could probably make the same argument with Comic-Con, but the focus of TwitchCon is much more business-oriented with a pop culture uh, flavor. Typically, Twitch holds two conventions each year, one in North America and one in Europe. San Diego is one of the first cities outside of Silicon Valley to host the convention after the initial convention in San Francisco. It was last held here in 2019, and it was supposed to be held here again in 2020, but that convention got canceled, and there was no 2021 convention. So now it's back in San Diego this year. So that speaks a lot about the growing tech industry here in San Diego. Now, there were a couple of controversies leading up to the convention. Uh, one is to mask or not to mask. How has that been resolved? Well, the convention, when it was first announced, decided not to test or require masks um, earlier this year. But because of the pushback from con content creators, attendees, uh, they walked that back. So now you do need to be uh, vaccinated, show proof of vaccination and uh, mask uh, while you're in the convention center. And what about the controversy involving trans streamers? Uh, trans streamers have always been harassed, but I think lately it's been going up at least 1,000%. Um, and one streamer, Clara Sorrenti, and she goes by the uh, Twitch handle Kefalls, who have made a name for herself on Twitch as an advocate for LGBTQ plus issues, uh, debunking right-wing talking points, talking about the abuses that trans streamers get on the platform. And she was banned for a month after her account was reported for hateful slurs and symbols. And her account was later reinstated. But it just shows you that even with uh, a growing platform with, you know, young people, Twitch is not immune to the politics of hate. That was KPBS reporter Alexander Wynn speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Kavanaugh. And before you go, we have some weekend arts events worth checking out. Thanks to KPBS's Julia Dixon-Evans. The San Diego Symphony will be performing twice this weekend. Anchoring the program is Beethoven's instantly recognizable Symphony No. 5. The performances will be tonight at 7.30 at the Rady Shell and tomorrow night at 7.30 at the California Center for the Arts Escondido. Plus, you can head to La Jolla for a two-day arts and wine festival. It will showcase works from 160 artists and galleries, along with music performances, beer, and wine. The festival will be along Girard Avenue tomorrow and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. You can find more details about the arts events mentioned and more at kpbs.org arts. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast was produced by KPBS senior producer Megan Berg and producer Emmeline Mohebi. We'd also like to thank KPBS reporters Andrew Bowen and Eric Anderson for filling in this week. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.
KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.